0: Welcome to Dead Folks Tales. I'm Nola Nash. Let's talk about dead people. Welcome to the premiere episode of Dead Folks Tales. I am your host, author Nolan Nash. I am the author of the Crescent City series, which includes both Crescent City Moon and Crescent City Sin. And I am thrilled to be launching a brand new podcast with you guys, Dead Folks Tales, where we are talking about all things New Orleans, haunted history, and just the things that make the Deep South such a great place for those wonderful Gothic tales. And speaking of Southern Gothic stories, I have got an amazing author with me here today. I have my dear friend, Mandy Haynes, who has written two fantastic collections of short stories. You have got to go and get these. We have Sharp as the Serpent's Tooth, Eva and Other Stories, one of my all time favorite books, as well as Walking the Wrong Way Home. And Mandy, I asked her here, I asked you here and talk to you now. <laughs> I asked you here <laughs> for the first episode of the show because you and I have talked before and you told me one of my favorite stories about this can only happen in New Orleans. And it's it's just phenomenal. So thank you so much for joining me on the very first episode of Dead Folk's Tales. It's truly an honor to have you.
1: Oh, well, thanks for asking me. I am just so proud to be here. <laughs> well, go ahead
0: to talk about mama lola yes now for those of you who don't know mama lola is well was i mean she's no longer with us anymore but mama lola was one of the voodoo queens of brooklyn and now that seems weird being on you know we're talking about a brooklyn voodoo queen being on a show about the deep south about new orleans but because of her roots in voodoo she has such a tie to the city of New Orleans and the city of New Orleans adores Mama Lola as well. And so she's very much revered in that city. And so Mandy has a fantastic story about the time that she met Mama Lola in New Orleans. So Mandy, tell us about how that happened. I mean, what a
1: person to meet accidentally, sort of. <laughs> well, let me tell you, just I'm gonna tell on myself. Like I didn't know Mama Lola was. Um, I went to New Orleans. I love New Orleans, and this was like probably my seventh trip there. But it was my first trip over Halloween. I went with my cousin and her husband, and um, they were they were telling me about Voodoo Fest, and um, she said, "Bring your novel and have it blessed." Well, she didn't know, so she knew about the novel that I was mm-hmm. working on. I'd started working on a story that was based in New Orleans, and I thought, "I'm going to take this story I hadn't told anybody about." Um, with me because I knew it was going to be something more than just a short story. So mm-hmm. try to keep this. So um, we had a great time. You know, New Orleans had a couple days before Halloween, and then um, she and her husband were doing something else. I got fixed up. I had you know like put on a Halloween costume and went to Domain mm-hmm. thinking that this was just going to be really like just fun, like right. not really such a Educational, like it was a, it was so much more than what. Because my cousin, you know, she had been and she just sort of made it. Like it was just a lot of fun, and it is. It is. But and there's it, more to it than that. It is. You're right. It is a lot of fun. But I was blown away. Um, and I had my novel to be blessed in this new novel that I was working on that I hadn't told anybody. In my in my bag, and I'm sitting there. You know, have you been? Have you been to that to Voodoo Fest? And they just put the chairs out on Jemaine. Yeah,
0: no, I, I go and hang out on Domain a lot because that's where Voodoo Authentica is, and I love going to Voodoo Authentica. Now, Mama Lola has some ties to Voodoo Authentica, so that. Okay, this this idea. is
1: this is all tied in with Voodoo Authentica. So right. they're the ones that put on Voodoo Fest. Brandy, the owner. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I didn't know any of these people, and I, I had been in Voodoo Authentica before, just shopping for stuff. But they, um, that's where, um, that's where all the uh, people that were going to be speaking to stuff, it was there. Well, when you get there, they had, I don't know how many, the all domain was closed off. They had folding chairs on the whole street in front of their um, shop and food. They're putting out food. Oh. And I'm just like, okay, this is this is really cool. You know, this is, this is, this is really cool. So I sat down and I'm watching and the whole thing, one of the um, um, young girls that, that were helping said, we're going to feed the hungriest first. All this food is for all, everyone. We're going to feed the hungriest first. So little train jumpers, I don't want to say homeless, but you know, people, And I just, my heart, I was just like, oh, if nothing else happened, that was good enough for me, right? So Mm -hmm. sitting there and watching that happen, just that, and I'm thinking, this is just beautiful. And then um, one of the first presenters got up and they were talking and I see a car pull up and I see this lady get out and she gets into a wheelchair and she has the purple captain like on and purple and red and little black sunglasses and she's smoking and I'm like, who is this person? Like, she's so stinking cute. Well, um, she gets out and people run up to her and they start saying mom, look. So I'm like, "Oh, she is the voodoo priestess that um, I should ask to bless my stuff." My cousin said, "You know, I said, well, I just watched how everybody came up to her and I'm just sitting over like I don't know, 200 people." in a group of 200 people, she gets situated and I hear in this deep voice, she's got this deep voice. And she said, you, you, you. And I'm like, so I turn around and she points me. She said, you pretty girl, come sit, come sit beside me. So I'm like, what? Oh,
0: <laughs>
1: right. so I'm like, so I go and I sat beside her and we sit there and I am not even talk. like, I'm just like in awe of her. I still don't know who she is though. Like I know that she's a voodoo priest, but I don't know who Mama Lola is. So I'm sitting there and I asked her after everybody had gotten the food and then it was time for other people to get up and serve themselves. Well, she was in a wheelchair, so I offered to make her a plate of food. And I remember the look on her face when she looked at me and she was like, you will get me food? And I said, yeah, what do you want? So she told me what she wanted and I fed her then I gave her drinks and it's like the whole time I'm like, I'm not gonna offer, ask her to bless my riding because people are bringing her gifts. Like people are, people know who she is. I didn't know she was. So they're coming up to her and bringing her gifts and she's blessing them, blessing their pets, blessing like everything, you know. And I just am sitting there, I can't believe how lucky I am. Well, as the night goes on, it's getting late, she's getting tired. Um, They started a drum circle So she was there for a little bit of that and she left. Well, my cousin and her husband came up. Like, I didn't see them hardly any during the whole thing. They were coming and going. Like, Mm -hmm. I I wasn't leaving. Like, (laughs) what's that? I wouldn't have a good cooperation. Yeah, right. I'm just like, what? So she said, Did you ask Mama Lola to bless your writing? And I said, No, I didn't have anything to give her and I wasn't going to ask. And she said, Well, this little guy over here, he's a voodoo um, priest. His name's Jesse. Well, he had a baseball cap and shorts. I'm like, he's this cute little Cajun. I'm like, he's not, I'm not intimidated at all. I'll ask him. So I grabbed my stories and I went over to him and we dancing and drinking and having like just fun. And so um, I asked him, oh, and I walked up, you know, I'm dancing. He hands me the bottle, take a drink and he says, what can I do for you? And I said, well, I wanted to, if you would bless my writing." And he's like, sure. And he's that accent. He's so cute. And he takes, you know, I had them in two little folders. He took them and he was rubbing them on his chest. He's all sweaty. And I'm like, this is a great story to tell. This is So So he, he does all that. And then he just stops and he stared at me and he said, you have a writer's spirit around you. Well, a really good friend of mine who was a great writer had died recently. And so I was like, I know he's here. I feel him. And he said, Yeah, he's here. There are others. You're surrounded. Um, Which goes to some more stories that we talked about. But I was just like, Whoa. And I'm looking at this young guy. And he says, These stories are going to do well. You are right. You have a writer spirit. I'm thinking, This is the end of it, right? I'm like, Can't get any better than this. I go back to my room. I'm like, you know, I've been drinking some gin and stuff. Like I'm just, oh, yeah. just thinking, oh, yeah. this is the best. I can't wait to go to Tennessee and tell this story. Next morning, <clears throat> I get up to go to have some coffee and um, beignets. And Gene, this little older man, he was friends with Mama Lola and knew my cousin. He'd got a reading for my cousin. She had hands. She had just found out she had cancer. So he got a reading with Mama Lola, but you can't. You know the you cannot get a reading that quick with Mama Lola. No. And so he had come and he was in the lobby of the room and he said, I've got bad news, but I've also got good news. And I said, what's the bad news? Mama Lola's feeling poorly and she's not coming into town. So she can't do Glenda's reading at Voodoo Authentica. And I was like, oh no, Glenda's going to be crushed. And he said, but she wants to do a reading at her house on the ninth, ninth ward. And I was like, whoa, no, Glenda's gonna love it. I said, I'll go get her and tell her. And Jean said, but she said she won't do the reading. You have to, unless you can come too. That like, is
0: such a special moment, special invitation. Oh my gosh.
1: Well, and it's like, and how did, like, I don't even, I didn't, like, all oh, this is so weird. Come to find out. The driver that picks us up is Jesse, the young <laughs> priest asked, He's our godson. That's. Awesome. We're in the car and I'm just like, I can't wait to get back to Tennessee. This is like, just so cool. (laughs) If that was all, right? So we're driving, and he says he's from Homa, Louisiana. My cousin asked him where he's from, and he said Homa. And I, I'm in the back seat, and I said Homa. That's where one of the main characters in my story is from. Well, and Glenda looked at me like, no, it's not, because it's not the story she knew. And he looked in the in the Mirror, and he said, I know. So we the car and I'm like, okay, what? Yeah, uh-huh. oh, you're good. We get out, and I said, Can't remember now what I said. And he said, I know, I'm telling you, and I know. So we go in the house. Linda's gonna have a reading, think you might be there an hour. I'm so just can't believe that we're there, and I get to see Mama Lola again. Still don't know exactly how everything about her. Because I didn't Google her. I was just so in the moment of what happened. Like, I didn't think to look her up, like, or anything. Like, I'm just so dumb. And I think that makes the story even better. Then.
0: Because you didn't have that kind of starstruck feeling. You were genuinely there for the woman that she was, not for the woman that, you know, you've envisioned her to be. I mean, this was a true, genuine connection between the two of you. And I, I think, honestly, that element of it, makes the story that much better that you're just so enamored by the woman. You didn't even know who she was or, you know, all of the legends about her. It's just Mama Lola. Lola.
1: Well, yeah. So we're sitting there in her house and it's so cute because it's like, then I find out that Jesse and Brandy, Brandy owns Vita Authentica, they're a couple and that so she, they're all family of Mama Lola's. People were coming in and out. Glenda's like looking at me like, I wonder if I'm ever going to have my writing, my reading because we'd been there for about an hour at that point. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, like, <laughs> just just like don't bring it up. Like, this, is this is better be than hard. your reading hush. <laughs> exactly. Um, and people are coming in and Mama Lola is introducing me as her daughter. And I'm just like, I, I don't ever want to leave. Like, I just want I just want to follow this lady around. Right. I just want to choose so sweet. Um and there are a couple oh, and Jesse had given me a book. He said, Oh, this is a book. Um, it's got some great history on Homa. You might like it, some research for your um for your your what you're working on. So I pick it up. Um, people are coming out. Don't be rude. I'm I have not read it. I put my finger like you know I you do. Yeah. And I just closed it. People kept coming, people kept coming. All of a sudden, Miss Mama Lola says, I'm hungry. Sends Jesse out to get, and she says, y'all stay and eat with us. And Glenda's like, oh, golly, I'm never going to get this, you know, just (laughs) read them. And send them out to get, and y'all, like, it was the fried potatoes at the gas station on the corner, um, chicken wings and vegetable fried rice from a Chinese restaurant, um, (laughs) slaw from, like, a Popeye's. I mean, it was just, I was just like, I love this lady. It was all her comfort food. Exactly, I thought,
0: I he, know, he knew what Mama Lola wanted to eat, it was like, here's, and it didn't matter how many stops he had to make, it was Mama Lola, she was going to get what she wanted, When she said she said to she eat. told him, like, she was like,
1: get those potatoes, not at that store, don't you go, no, no, you drive over to <laughs> this one, and that's the potatoes I like, and he's like, I know, Mama, I know, I know, so I'm just like, this alone is, you know, like, such a good story. Comes back, and I'm still holding that book, and, and he was sitting on the, like, he couldn't see where I was. Like you couldn't see what I, what page I was at in this book. I happened to just look to see where my finger was, and it was a man who was a um, oyster fisherman in Hama, Louisiana. And I said, Whoa, that's so neat. That's what the grandfather in the my, in the story I'm writing. And he said, I know. That's my grandfather. And he said the name, and I looked and I was like, Holy crap, that is that's exactly where I was. And I looked at him and he said, don't ask again. You're like, how do you know? I just know. <laughs> so we ate. Glenda's like, finally, I'm going to get my reading. She goes and sits down. Mama Lola looks at me. And she said she was so glad that I came. Pretty much ignored everybody else. That's why I'm just like, whoa. So glad that I came. And then she turned around and said, and she would, her voice, if you listen, watch on the videos. And she said, I'm tired. I go to bed now. Come give me a hug. Good night. And so I got up and I hugged her and I kissed her cheek. And her, she went to bed and Glenda said, Hi. <laughs> Well, her daughter Maggie, Mama Lola's daughter Maggie, who was a wonderful, like fantastic um, reader and voodoo priestess, she gave Glenda the reading. So it all worked out. But, um, <laughs> That's it. So when I, then when I came home, I just I'm like I cannot believe this. And I did research on Mama Lola. And when I found out who she was, I'm like, oh, my God. And I think I thought, why do we feel so connected? And it's like she had her first child when she was 14. I was 15 when my son was born. And I don't know why. But that just I don't know why I feel like that has something to do with it. Like
0: that's what she feel. I'm sure that's exactly what it was. And she felt that connection too. That's one of the things that always for me was important in writing my books was to get the voodoo in the right perspective. And this story about Mama Lola and just how you met, what, the, what they were doing and feeding the hungriest here is the essence of the voodoo practice. And it was very important for me to, to have my Voodoo Priestess in my stories as the good guy. She is protecting those she loves to the point where you know, she's laying down her own life, you know, putting herself in harm's way, reaching out in every way she can think of because that is what it's all about. It is about protection. It is about healing. It is about service. And that's something and, and honoring those who have come before. And that's something that people don't really understand about New Orleans Voodoo, especially. And I love this story about Mama Lola because she, in that your experience with her, encapsulated her practice and her faith in everything that she did with you, from reaching out to you, just kind of going with her instincts, being there for those that she loved, receiving the gifts, receiving the attention, but reciprocating with blessings. That that is what it's all about. And it's just such a special experience that you had that I feel like Hollywood, you know, thanks to Hollywood, we have such a skewed view of what voodoo is. They focus on things that are really taken largely out of context and have turned it into something to be frightened of, something that is dark and you know, vindictive, and it's just not. It's just not. And this story of Mama Lola is a modern day example of the voodoo priestess. You know, walking the walk of of her own faith. And when we look at New Orleans tradition, when we look at Marie Laveau, of course, the you know the most famous New Orleans voodoo queen that there was. What you know, we we hear about Marie Laveau American horror story. You know, it, it was a great fiction what they did with her story and you know and yeah. you know, all of that mad madam. But Marie Laveau when it came down to it, was also a lot like Mama Lola. She was very service oriented, she was devout Catholic, which most people don't realize about Marie Laveau. And she worked side by side with Père Antoine, who was one of the priests at St. Louis Cathedral during the yellow fever outbreaks, tending the poor and the sick. And that is what this practice is all about. The, the priest is doing what he can do with his faith. She is doing what she can do with her faith. And together they are serving their community and giving back as much as they receive from the community and just blessings and honor. And that's what it's all about. And it's so misunderstood. And I one of the reasons I really wanted you to tell the story today is because we're we're starting this podcast off, really kind of laying the foundations of telling the stories about New Orleans tradition and about the Deep South stories for what they are. Yes, in New Orleans, the lines between fact and fiction, between history and folklore are very, very blurred and we would not have it any other way. (laughs) But this story is great at really kind of honing in on what the people are like, what the faith is like down there, and just that special magic that New Orleans has that can connect people you never would connect with anywhere else. It's just, it's a very special place. And I had a similar experience where I, I was I was researching for the Crescent City books. I was actually researching for book two. And I sat down at, at a tarot reader's table in Jackson Square. And I, I wanted just kind of to get a feel for the books and what was gonna happen to the books. And the more I talked to her, about what I wanted to do with the voodoo in the book and and keeping it as authentic as it should be doing right by the voodoo practice. She turned out to be a a voodoo priestess as well. And she said, can you stick around to have a few more customers? I'd like to buy a hurricane. And I was like, yes, ma'am, I can stay. (laughs) And So we ended up sitting in the courtyard at Felix's bar on Bourbon street. And she bought me a hurricane. We sat there. We drank our hurricane. She smoked some cigarettes. And we talked about what was going on in this book, how she felt about it, things I needed to know. And it was wow. such a magical moment to just, the, and we had the courtyard to ourselves. It was just the two of us. It was like we had stepped back in time, just that brick courtyard, just in the dark on that balmy New Orleans night, sitting there having a hurricane with a voodoo priestess. It only happens in that magic. city. It is. It it's is magic. magic. You just connect to the right people. And it is absolutely, it's so many reasons it's my favorite place on the planet. I loved a lot of places on this earth, but there's just something about New Orleans. It, it, it gets me. You, know, you just, you never really leave New Orleans. Your body may go, but your soul sticks around is what I always said. Yeah. And I think that's something that some of those folks, especially like Mama Lola, it's that soul is what's most important. And then they find those souls that they connect to And she
1: clearly connected
0: to yours, and and And
1: I needed it. I, I, you know, it's like I, I needed at that at that point. I need. I needed all of it, not just the. I just needed that kindness and that welcoming, love that she gave me. It's it's just unbelievable. It is. It (laughs) is a very amazing
0: story, one that I am so honored that you shared with us. And I hope that everybody watching and listening will go and do a little research on Mama Lola and really get to know the woman that you got to know in such a personal way, because she was quite a woman, not just you know to the locals in New Orleans or the locals in Brooklyn. You know, she was, she was well known and rightly so for all the right reasons.
1: And so she's a hard, hard working woman who would give you the shirt off her back. Yes, absolutely. And I love you shared a little short
0: one minute youtube video of the people singing to mama lola kind of the her whole just the song for her and one of my favorite moments in that video as people are coming up to to share their love with her and receive her blessings she actually pulls up a scarf and is dabbing at her eyes because she was so moved by that show of love and affection as opposed to somebody who felt like it was was owed to them and and instead she was humbled by it and that to me sums her up just so neatly in that, that one little, that one little frame there in that video is so mama Lola. So guys, if you yeah. ever get a chance to go down to domain, go to Voodoo Fest. It's a lot of fun, but also, just go down to Voodoo Authentica and just kind of hang out with the folks there. They're very kind, it's a neat shop. There's a lot of great voodoo places around, but I, I am always drawn to Voodoo Authentica. And I, I think it's Mama Lola's spirit that's there that, that kind of pulls me every single time. You just, there's a feeling about that place. So go check it out, go check out Domain. And Mandy, let the folks know where they can find you. We've had you, the website, Three Dogs, Three Dogs Right Press, down there on the bottom, but where else can the folks find you? If they want to learn more about your short stories and they're amazing folks, you want to read these. They're incredible.
1: Oh, thanks Nola. Uh, Mandy at, uh, just Mandy Haines.com. <laughs>
0: Mandy Haines.com. And
1: Mandy again, Haines. her book, her
0: books walking the wrong way home and sharp as a serpent's tooth. Eva and other stories. Um, this one's so near and dear to my heart. I absolutely love this book. I could read those stories over and over and over again. Um, just such a spectacular storyteller, both in writing and in person. So thank you, Mandy, so much for joining me. It's really been an honor, and I have enjoyed this very first episode of Dead Folks Tales, and I hope that folks will continue to talk about dead people with me as we go <laughs> a monthly show here and join us and if you missed anything you can always watch the replay on facebook or youtube and the podcast will be up everywhere that you get podcasts very soon thank you so much for joining us i'm nola nash and we will see you next time